0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 111 of Locked On Canadians. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we are with you every day of the week, bringing you Canadians' content, whether it's news, analysis, maybe sometimes we're a little bit silly. Most of the time we talk about what's going on in the Habs headlines and discuss it from an opinion analysis-based point of view. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, And I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Scarf Maple. Scarf, how are you doing?
1: Um, I'm currently looking out the window of the office where I do my recording at the slightly setting sun and gorgeous weather and realize I have spent my entire Sunday dealing with coronavirus panic shoppers, and now I'm at home and I have done zero enjoying of the first nice day in about four months, give or take, in Rochester.
0: (laughs) Well, the weather is getting nicer, and I guess that is the silver lining to the Canadians who aren't going to be making the playoffs this year. We're going to talk a little bit about the game over the weekend, and we're going to preview this week's games as well. But I think at this point we're kind of moving towards a looking-to-the-future situation. And the silver lining is, I do remember, you know, every year when I despair that the Habs are not in the playoffs, people will say, well, you know, when the weather gets nice in April and May, You're going to be able to go outside, and I'm going to be stuck inside watching my team. I'm going to be really honest. I love the playoffs so much that I'm probably going to be watching it, and as we go on, if you guys have any bandwagon teams you want us to talk about, we will definitely talk about them. But our first and foremost content is Canadians content. Obviously, you are listening to Locked on Canadians, so hopefully you are a Canadians fan. And speaking of Canadians fans, if you've been listening since the beginning, you'll know that every Monday we pick a listener of the week, based on the previous week's interaction. So if you want to be our listener of the week, all you have to do is interact with us, whether you do it by email, lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. If you do it on Twitter, LO underscore Canadians, or you can do it in person. Just tell us, you know, what you think about what we've talked about. And we have picked listeners of the week from our in-person listeners in the past. But this week, we're going to go back to our email listeners. And this week's listener of the week is Hope for recently discovering our podcast and contributing questions last week. I also just want to shout out all our regular listeners that always tweet us and even share their opinions. And if you want to ask us questions for our Friday mailbag, you can always do that in any forum as you choose. But sometimes people text us their questions as well. So congratulations and welcome to Hope <laughs> um, for uh, you know our newest listener of the week. And we also name on Mondays, we name a player of the week. And this week, we couldn't really find anyone who deserved it on the NHL roster. So Scott has an idea.
1: Yes, so I'm not giving the player of the week to any of those suck-ass jerks in the NHL right now because they were terrible this weekend. And I'm actually rather grateful I missed... Most of the Tampa Bay game and somehow made it through the Florida game. This week we're giving it, it's not Yane Ninema, even though Ninema is forever. I'm giving the Lockdown Canadians player of the week to an AHL player this week with, uh, three goals and four points in two games for the Laval Rocket this week. Uh, Yannick Veya was absolutely incredible as that team, despite losing, uh, Yasperi Kotkaniemi to a spleen injury and if you think I'm joking, I'm not. That is just how cursed this season is. Uh, Veilleux was absolutely a huge piece of uh, getting the Rocket to a pair of back-to-back wins in uh, Cleveland this past weekend. We are going to talk more about the Rocket and their playoff push in tomorrow's episode. That will be coming out Tuesday before the Predators game. So if that's more your thing or you want to hear me talk about the, the Laval Rocket, please tune into that. But uh, Veja is setting, I believe, new career highs this year. In uh, Yes, he set a new career high in goals with 12 this year, and he's done it in 25 games with the Rocket. His previous career high was 8 in 72 games in Chicago. So he's a guy who was signed to a tryout contract and earned an AHL contract very quickly and is a big part of why this team, injuries and call-ups and all, is still chasing an AHL playoff spot.
0: I've been looking at the announcement of Kotkaniemi's injury, and I'm like, how do you injure your spleen? Isn't that, like, way inside your body?
1: <laughs> I think, and I, if I, he got hit into the boards or the bench, and I don't know if he caught, like, a corner or something. And it's clearly not great, because it, it's... <laughs> No internal injury is good, but he's back in Montreal and resting, and that, at least it doesn't seem serious, it's just more of a uh, precaution that they're keeping and observing him to make sure there's not a rupture or anything more serious that would require surgery, but I don't think we'll be seeing him back anytime soon, so to speak.
0: Yikes. It, It doesn't sound fun. In any case, we have to talk about the Florida Panthers, but luckily we're almost out of time in this segment, so what is there to say about that game?
1: Uh, it sucked. That is what <laughs> there is to say about th- I There was two things I want to point out for that game that were good. Jake Evans scored a really, really nice goal, and Charlie Lingren got hung out to dry and played as well as could be expected in that game. Everyone else should feel ashamed of themselves. That is That is my thought on that Florida Panthers <laughs>
0: game. Instead of going to the box and feeling shame, they should just go to their houses and feel shame about what they did.
1: They should uh, just be forced to stare at, like, a sad Charlie Lindgren photo every day, before practice and after practice, until they make up for it. That <laughs> That is what they should do.
0: <laughs> they wake up in the morning and there's a picture of Charlie Lindgren crying taped to their mirror. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Absolutely that.
0: Yes, I think we can all agree the Canadians need to play better than they did in that game. They need to they need to play better. Even if they're trying to tank, there's no excuse for the last two games. I think they do struggle in Florida a little bit, but I I don't think that they did enough to even try in the last two games. And hopefully, against Nashville, we'll get more of an effort. We'll see some more. Positive signs. I'm gonna say. I do like though that Jake Evans scored a goal. I do like what they're doing. They're letting the young kids play. Part of it is out of necessity because of the injuries, but part of it is also just preparing them. Like, you know, we're so excited about these young players. We always talk about Laval because these these kids are the future of the team in the coming years. Like, and when we say coming years, I don't mean five years from now. I mean in the next couple of years. So it's really important to see what they can do and what they're able to bring because it helps their development in the off season as well. We're going to turn our attention in the next segment to a little bit of sad news, but it's very important. Uh, we're going to talk about Henri Richard, who passed away on Friday. We're going, to talk, we're going to talk a little bit about what he meant to the city and this organization as well. And that's coming up right up next. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to Reach Sports Fans. But you may not know that Locked On Canadians is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hab fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Canadians fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. So, on Friday, we got the news that Henri Richard passed away after a battle with Alzheimer's. And he is somebody that many fans and media have described as a legend in his own right. And that kind of, I guess you, you have to have that qualifier when you say that if your brother is one of the greatest players in Canadians and hockey history. Right?
1: Yeah. It's my biggest thing talking about this is that Henri Richard was quite is the winningest player of all time. He has eleven Stanley Cups to his name, but and my favorite fact that I've learned about this, he only has ten rings because I believe they gave them a chicken for or a chicken or a turkey for his first Stanley Cup was the reward, not a ring. So he has ten rings for eleven Stanley Cups, but. He had to live in the shadow of not just arguably the greatest Canadians player of all time. Stats or not, it's very hard to argue that point. But someone who was just a monumental figure for so many Quebecois people in, you know, the province and across the country, he was their hero. And then even when he stepped out of his brother's shadow, Jean Beliveau was right there behind him. And he went on to be a giant in his own right. And he's between these two pillars of the Canadians organization. And even with that, he forged his entire own career and great success out of it. And it's so very easy to overlook the pocket rocket when you're talking about Canadians players, because you have Maurice Richard, who is one of just the most iconic players of all time. Jean Bellevaux, who's beloved by fans and everyone across the nation. Then beyond that, Guy Lafleur, who's one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Ken Dryden, who's one of the greatest goalers of all time. He kind of gets lost and muddled in so many of these other great stories. And it's almost a shame that I... And this isn't indicative of everyone that's out there. It's so hard to tell stories on older players that many of us might not have had a chance to see play. But it almost kind of feels like Henri Richard passed away, there were a few things honoring him, and then the news cycle just continued. After Jean Bellevaux passed away, it seemed like there was just weeks of news and stories coming from that. And I want, it just needs to be said that there's so much that Henri Richard you know, did for the Canadians organization. He was such an incredible player that even in the shadow of his brother's career, he forged his own path and his own legacy and legend in, you know, the Canadian sweater.
0: I think a little bit of it has to do with the fact that the Canadians are currently on the road. I believe that there will be a little bit more to do about it. Uh, when they are back in Montreal, I'm sure the organization is planning a really fitting tribute, but you're right. I feel like people just kind of turn the conversation over to other things. And uh, I just want to read a little bit about some of the things that Henri Richard has accomplished. As Scott mentioned, he's won 11 Stanley Cups, which is the most of any player uh, in NHL history and in all of the other major sports league only one other player has achieved that and that was in the NBA bill, bill russell of the Celtics and so i think like that and it that in itself is massive yes it has to do with the team but he also scored two stanley cup winning goals uh which is a lot if you consider that most players don't get to, don't, don't get to score a stanley cup winning goal often even series winning goals in in the playoffs so that is massive. Uh, I think only four other players have done that. He uh has the he holds the record for the most games played in a Canadiens uniform with uh 1256 which is a lot a lot. Like <laughs> that is incredible. It's honestly It's amazing. And, you know, it goes on and on. And there's one more note that I wanted to say, because as we talked about, he didn't just mean so much to the organization, but he meant a lot to Montreal as a city as well. One of the things that, you know, people always look to him as one of the ambassadors for the Canadians. And there are a lot of legends that are associated with the Canadians historically, and I wanted to just mention that when his jersey was retired, he insisted that the proceeds from his jersey retirement night be donated towards the construction of a gymnasium for an orphanage. So I feel like he tried his best to take his success and turn it into positivity, I think.
1: And that thing is, there's so many stories that we might Never know just because our generation isn't one who got to see Richard play, and much of the generation that did is either no longer with us or may not recall it as they used to. And I feel like there are so many stories from that era of hockey that we'll never know just the true extent of what a player like Henri Richard meant to not only Canadians fans but hockey fans across the country. He was the original small superstar in an era when you think of hockey was brutal back then, quite frankly. No helmets, games got out of control. He was the original small superstar. And again, 11 Stanley Cups. The Canadians have won 24, and Henri Richard almost won half of them on his own. And you, when you put it like that, it it's hard enough to win one Stanley Cup. And I don't care about six teams or not. He won 11 goddamn Stanley Cups as a player. That's unheard of. You will never see anybody do that again. In any sport, I'm pretty sure. And it's, I just want to make sure. And I know that it's hard for me to say this as someone born in the 90s. I missed the great dynasties of the Canadians. I didn't get to see any part of that. I can only read about it or see it when I go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. But the hardest part is everyone talks about how the Canadians always are stuck in the past. When your past is as good as Henri Richard's is, that's something that you shouldn't ever let go of and that people should always be aware of. When people talk about great players, yes, Jean Bellevaux and Maurice Richard, but you need to also always make sure that someone like the Pocket Rocket isn't forgotten in those conversations, even with in regards to other players.
0: Also, I really love how like the name pocket rocket kind of implies that he's like, like really cute and like little and (laughs) endearing, but he was a tough guy too. Like he was very skilled, but he played hockey in that era where you absolutely had to be tough.
1: Yeah, you absolutely – it it was an era where, sure, you know, this guy might score 50 goals, but if you catch him on the wrong night, he's going to break your jaw with one punch kind of thing. <laughs> it was a different era of hockey, but just an incredible amount of – he did incredible things on the ice and clearly off the ice as well.
0: So we want to open it up to our listeners as well. We did kind of, like, put a call out on social media, but it was also, like, friday lunchtime you know it probably didn't get a lot of eyes on it but if you have any memories or stories or anything like that that you would share that you would want to share about Henri Richard and if you want us to read it please send them to us by email at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com or you can share it with us on twitter as well we're at lo underscore canadians and we will, much like we did with when people were sending us stuff about, like, the jerseys that they owned after we opened the floor to them, we'll just feature them when, like, when, when we've got a few. We'll, we'll maybe dedicate a segment or another couple of segments over the course of this week to Henri Richard's stories because I feel like he was very important. There was a lot, you know, there were a lot that we didn't get to experience. Any new fans, any younger fans, we did not get to experience And even, you know, like when he was out in the community doing charity stuff and representing the Canadians, like I myself don't have any encounters with him, for example. So, you know, I think it would be really good for people who who know about him to tell those of us who don't a little bit more about him. I think it would be really fun to share stories and it would be really, you know, I think it's important. It's part of Canadians history and what, you know, the most storied franchise in the NHL, blah, blah, blah. When we talk about that, I think it's important to tell the stories so that we know why they are the most storied franchise.
1: There's so many stories that we could tell from what we know, but there's so many more stories that, you know, are out there that even ask if you have Canadians fans that go all the way up in your family. Ask them if they have stories. We want to hear, like, what someone like Henri Richard meant to your family and everything else. It's There's so many things that we'd like to know about them to make sure that so many other people can hear and enjoy them as well.
0: Yeah, It's not just for us as younger fans. I think it's also for people who are newer fans as well. What what bandwagon have you have you jumped onto? You know, it's important to have the context and the history as to why we are so focused and why we are such rabid fans of the Montreal Canadiens. And speaking of rabid fans, we are also fans of the Small Goals Boy, maybe like another pocket-sized player, and we're gonna talk a little bit about about his season which is now done with and, you know, what to expect of him in our next, in our final segment, we can't get enough of the small goals boy. So we will bring you more of the small goals boy. So in our final segment today, because it is Monday, nobody likes a Monday. We thought we would give you something bright and happy to think about. And that is the small goals boy, Cole Caulfield himself. We love him so much. He represents to a lot of us as fans, the bright future that we can expect in the coming years for the Montreal Canadians. And Scott kind of wanted to talk a little bit now that his college season is done with, and he had such a successful one. He wanted to talk a little bit about his impact.
1: Yeah. So like Laura said, Cole Caulfield's NHL career, I hope not. His NCAA season is over right now. Wisconsin was eliminated by Ohio State on Saturday night And the biggest thing is now, because Mark Bergevin mentioned that, is that Caulfield's options appear to be go back to the NCAA, or if he wants to turn pro, that the Rocket are his most likely destination. And as I mentioned earlier, the Rocket are in the middle of a playoff hunt. They lost to Jesperi to, you know, spleen-related issues, which still sounds ridiculous to say out loud. And it's going to be very interesting to see what, Caulfield chooses to do because he led the Big Ten in scoring as a freshman, and he did it on a very bad Wisconsin team, whether it be the systems or what. There are multiple very talented players on that team, but they just couldn't put it together with the systems that were in place, and I can't help but wonder if Caulfield was one and done and that he joins the Rocket now under Joel Bouchard, who's... Desperately looking for healthy bodies at this point. Not even, you know, superstars, which Caulfield could very well be. Just healthy bodies to throw in the lineup. And someone like Caulfield would probably be a very welcome sight. Uh, Jesse Yolenen won't be ready until next weekend when they play the Binghamton Senators. And Charles Udon, Lucas Vadebo, Jake Evans are all called up. I would be very interested to see what Cole Caulfield chooses to do this week. He doesn't seem to have any lingering issues. He seems to, you know, be in good health and he's already, you know, had communication with the Canadians and that the plan is in place. It's just uh, wondering what he's going to do. And I'm wondering what some of our listeners think. Should he go back to the NCAA next year or do you want to see him jump ship and join the rocket right now going into next year?
0: I think most people would want him to do the jump right now so that he can have the AHL under his belt, the AHL experience under his belt, and then join the big club as soon as possible. I feel like people are desperate to see some good, and some good players, and some star potential. I don't want to upsell him more than I should. I I think he's an extremely promising player, and he's so skilled. But we have to be patient. I think he he needs to – he hasn't even finished growing yet, you know? He's uh he's he's a player that I think has such a bright future, but I'm very hesitant to have him come over before he's ready because I do think that Montreal is still in my mind a question mark when it comes to development. I know they've taken steps to change that in the last couple of years. And maybe he can be one of their biggest tests, I think. Uh, I you know, and Mark Bergevin himself said that when he does come over to I guess, you know. Montreal, he's going to start in the AHL. He's going to, he's going to do his time there. He's going to get his experience there. And I think for him, it's really up to what he wants to do because now that he has done his whole year in the NCAA, I believe he can go back and finish his university degree if he ever wants to afterwards, right? Like that's, that's what, that's why players will play their college year.
1: I believe so. And that's the thing is that part of me feels kind of like spoiled in that I want him now. Like, I want it now. Like, I'm Violet Beauregard from, you know, (laughs) Willy Wonka. But at the same time, I look and I'm like, no, maybe patience is the right thing here. But ultimately, it's up to Cole himself and I believe that, you know, he'll make the right decision. And Joel Bouchard is the coach that, if Sylvain Lefebvre was still the coach of the Canadiens' AHL team, I'd be like, no, no, you just lock him in a room in Wisconsin until he's ready. Like, you don't even let him get anywhere near that AHL coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an easy decision. And that's why it's like, on one hand, I get, there are benefits and cons to everything is that. If he stays, he can develop more and in the system and grow and have another year of experience. But at the same time, he can go, go with Joel Bouchard and be ready sooner for this Canadians team that is desperately looking for a player of his talents. It's such a difficult decision. And I'm glad that Mark Bergevin didn't just give a definitive answer and that they said that there are any number of options that they could do for it.
0: Yeah. And I'm one of those people that's always like, I want to see what he can do. Call him up right away. I'm so impatient. I want to see him playing, you know, with Nick Suzuki or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, we have to be conscious of the fact that these players are still very young. They're even their skills might not be fully developed yet. And forget about their size. And he's talked about himself as well. He, he's got to gain some, gain a little bit of weight, uh, and get a little bigger, as they call it. But, you know, I, I do think that he represents something to me, like, as a small, very fast, very skilled player. To me, he's like, he's proof that this team is also looking towards the future. They didn't just go for size as they would have, you know, two, three. You know, in the past few years, they've gone a lot for size because they've been criticized for not having enough of it in the past. And they're just like, this is the best player that's available. We're going to take him. And they did. Like, that to me is the biggest – it's it's the biggest positive. So he represents a lot of hope to fans, and I hope to the organization as well.
1: Yeah, it's – we talk a lot about hope and, you know, the future for this show. Cole Caulfield is very much part of the future here, and I get why they want to be careful with him. Because there is a lot that can go wrong in developing a prospect, but it seems like they're kind of getting it down pat now – and it also seems like they're trying to see what their contract space is going to look like going into into this offseason, which we've talked about before. It's huge. That free agency is going to be humongous. They have prospects to sign in terms of Jesse and who is over here. Alexander Romanov is potentially coming over here. They've got four players from the CHL who are up for contracts, you know, or for entry level deals this year. They've got to find their balance between everything, and Caulfield is definitely part of that. If they're looking to make a big splash this offseason, they need to make sure they have the space for Caulfield and Yolen and, and Romanov and whomever they draft and whoever is behind that. There's a lot that they have to balance right now.
0: The biggest thing is to kind of take a holistic holistic approach to this. The way all the pros and cons have a concrete plan, sort of like lay out the past and be like, you know, what happens if we do this? What do we have to sacrifice if we go this way? And the most important thing, though, is for us to maintain hope. I, I think that the season did not go the way that anybody wanted it to. But I, I do think that the Canadians have a strong pipeline, a strong future, We're going to be having very different conversations in the seasons to come, I think. In the meantime, that's it for our Monday edition. I hope we kind of ended the show with a little bit more positivity for everybody after that last week and after the general state of the Canadians. I just want to mention that the stuff that I read about Henri Richard, I want to cite my sources. I got it from a Gazette article, Globe and Mail article, and on Twitter. So I just wanted to let you guys know. And in the meantime... We will be back tomorrow. We'll have a little bit more rocket talk as they push for the playoffs. We'll have a preview for the Montreal Canadiens game against the Nashville Predators. And we will have some more discussion about whatever happens in the news in the next, like, day or so. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at LO underscore Canadians. If you would like to follow Scott, he's at Scott Matla. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at The Active Stick. If you want to email us, we're at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Like I said, please email us your Henri Richard memories, stories, observations, thoughts, feelings. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, we're anywhere you get your podcast: Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, literally anywhere. That wraps it up for this edition of Locked On Canadians. Now that you're done listening to us, tell your smartphone to play Locked On NHL.